Welcome to the Mar Experience Stories of Recovery. I'm Matt Shedd. This is part two of my conversation with Lindsay. In part one, we heard her describe the progression of her alcoholism. The years in between like 2014 and, and when I came to Mar are really blurry. Um, I got fired from my dream job in July, um, and that was my bottom, especially because I got fired for being drunk and passing out at work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that that's just humiliating. So I was just like, I'm, like, I'm going to have to go somewhere. And this is the place, you know, this place called Mar is what, you know, my therapist recommends. And so I guess this is where I'm going to go. And in this episode, we hear her talk about the progression of her recovery. She remembers pivotal moments during her treatment at Mar and shows how recovery is not a straight line, but involves a series of emotionally charged and sometimes frightening moments. We pick up her story after she attempted to check into Mar, but was sent to detox because of the alcohol in her system. She begins by describing how much it meant to her that other clients remembered her when she returned to Mar. But yeah, so I went to detox and then I came back and I saw those three girls again and and they remembered me from the week prior when, when you I'd tried come. to check in. Right. Okay. I, and I just remember that like the fact that they even remembered me from like a week ago, it like... It just touched me so much that they rem- that they had remembered talking to me and like standing out under the gazebo and, um, you know, I mean, I didn't remember their names or anything they had told me from that one little time, but just that they remembered me and they were like welcoming me and telling me that you know they're glad that I survived detox and yes. I was back and it was just like. Wow, I can't, you know, what? I'm not that important. Like, yeah. I can't believe that they remembered who I was. Yeah. Oh, that's I cool. I like, know. You felt, you felt really welcomed. Mm-hmm. And that's how it was. I was like, these, these people don't know me from Adam. And, yeah, and right. they're like smiling and like telling me they're happy that I'm back and they're glad that I'm here. And, you know, it was just, I, I hated myself. And uh, it just kind of like just boosted me up for that mm-hmm. little time that, that they cared enough to, you know, give me hugs and like welcome me back. So. And then so you did they kind of that first day you get settled into the townhome and all that? Yeah, I think it was a Wednesday. Um, so we had like community um, so like that's the first thing that I did like after our, the paperwork and everything was go to the townhomes and um, just straight up into community and I just kind of like observed I think I had to do like a mini introduction in that community um, but I was just so worried about remembering everybody's names mm-hmm. um, because my memory is shot. Like, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? and I mean, especially at that point, yeah. like I couldn't remember anything. Yeah. And so I, I, I made a list, like I made everybody go around and tell me their name. And like, I wrote their names down mm-hmm. on a piece and I still have that piece of paper. Oh wow! It's like my original community. <laughs> uh-huh. So for people that might not know, what's the community group? I mean, what is that? Um, well, I mean, basically it's all the ladies that are living in halfway at that time. Um, but it is, um, it's called the therapeutic community mm-hmm. and it's basically um like your treatment um which is crazy to think about but it's um you just form these bonds with these women who you live with and you eat meals with and then you know most importantly is you're in feeling school all day together and you're talking about like your deepest darkest most shameful 
upsetting things that you've done in your disease. And, you know, all these people are hearing it and they, and they don't know you and you don't know them. Um, but you have to say, you know, you mm-hmm. have to tell it. And so you, I don't know, it's weird. It's just, you form these relationships and um, it's kind of like a, a mini social, it's like a mini society mm-hmm. kind of. So what's that like for you? Um, Cause I imagine you probably haven't really been, opening up about stuff for Mm -mm. a while at that point. So what's that like when you, what's going through your head when you feel like this kind of like, okay, I guess it's my turn to start talking in these Mm -hmm. groups. I mean, are you scared? Are you relieved or what? Um, I just, I remember being really scared um, of them not liking me. Um, That's one of my biggest like character defects is, Um, I just, I worry way too much about what other people think about me. So that was like, number one is like, well, if I say this stuff, like they're going to think I'm a freak. Like they're not going to like me. They're not going to want to be my friend. Um, you know, they're not going to want to have anything to do with me. Um, but then once I started talking about like things that I had done or, things that I felt or, I mean, even things that I like felt right then or whatever. And then like, like they didn't run away and they didn't, you know, get this crazy look on their face. And most of the time they came back with, well, this is what I did or, you know, I can relate or something like that. Then it was like relief. Hmm. I mean, it was just like, I could breathe. Like I finally found somebody or multiple people who understood me and I felt accepted. And that's like all I ever wanted my whole life. I mean, I can remember times in elementary school, like, you know, I just always craved acceptance. And that's what I felt um, in the community was just acceptance. And, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong. There were like ups and downs, Mm -hmm. big ups, big downs, you know, like we're alcoholics. There's it extremes Mm -hmm. but um but i just i never have felt accepted like i did then Mm -hmm. and was there a and what what was your relationship like with the counselors like how was that it was um i mean i love all of them like my therapist talitha um was my therapist from the beginning to after i mean till the end all the way through three quarters and she's cool she's amazing i love love her so much. Um, she helped me so much and she has just the kindest heart. And that's like what I needed through some of the stuff that, you know, I experienced on that journey. Um, but I, I mean, I got along with everybody. Like I, I didn't ever really have an issue with authority. Mm -hmm. Um, like, you know, some people do, I, um, I mean, granted, I didn't like everything they said or like yeah. told me or the rules, you know, stuff like that. But um, I don't, I don't ever remember having like some kind of beef with any of them. Yeah, or, you know, like I was so um, desperate to feel better uh, physically, emotionally, mentally. Like I just, I just wanted to feel better. Like I just didn't want to like want to die all the time anymore. That. I just feel like I listened to like everything they said and just wanted to take it all in. And was there a moment where you felt 
like what you just described, that's such a great way to describe willingness. Like, just like, I just like, I'm just, I just don't want to feel this way anymore. Right. Like, and so was there a moment where you remember that kind of clicking, like, oh, wait, this might actually work for me? Yeah. I can remember it. Um, And it's actually something that Kaylee said to me. We had, um, we had a, a, a lot of stuff happen in the community, and we had like a this thing called a round robin, and um, we had like a secrets meeting, and then the round robin. We were at the center for like, I don't know, like fourteen hours. I mean, we were like basically <laughs> held captive, not really, but <laughs> that's yeah. what it felt like. I mean, we had to stay um, there until we got all this stuff sorted out and they decided to do this round robin thing with us and what's I was, that round robin it's um basically like you go around and you tell each member of your community so like say i'm going um i have to tell each member of my community um something that they do that how it affects me and how it affects the community that's intense yeah yeah, it, it's really, really, really intense. And I had to go first because I was like the senior most person member at that point. Um, and I mean, it was, I was shaking. I mean, I barely remember. But after that, like we went outside, we got like a smoke break or something. And I mean, I was just, I was so upset because I just knew that like what I said people were going to hate me. Like, I just thought that the, you know, my, my friends, these, these girls that I loved and I considered like my best friends, like, were just going to hate me. And I was so upset. And Kaylee, before we went back in, Kaylee kept me outside. And she said, I don't, she just put both of her arms or her hands on my shoulders and was like, do you understand that not everybody in that room is going to stay sober? She's like, People are going to relapse, like, but you could stay sober for the rest of your life. Like, you're doing the hard shit, and you could do, you could do this. And, like, when she said that, I don't know, I, it kind of was just like, okay, maybe I, maybe I can do it. Like, maybe I can do it, and not just because I'm in rehab. Gave me chills when you just said it. I was like, wow, yeah, that's powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was so powerful. And the fact that she put her hands yeah. on your... Yeah. yeah, I mean, just like, like both hands, like looking me square in the face. and Like, listen to me. Yeah. Like, I want to make sure you hear this. <laughs> yeah, wow. Mm-hmm. So that how far in was that for you that that happened? Um, I want to say maybe I was 60 days sober. Mm-hmm. Um. It was cold. So, and I came in in September. So it was maybe like October or the beginning of November. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes, I mean, yeah, that's like, it takes a while for that hope to kind of start like, okay, this might actually work. Like this Mm -hmm. might not just be words that we're saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. And and so were you working at that point yet? No. Okay. Uh -uh, No, I had a hard time getting a job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, because I mean, like I said, a lot of, a lot of things happened, you know, it's funny how like everybody's journey is different, you know, like ideally you go through, you know, um, 
phase one in 45 days and then you get in phase two and then you like get a job shortly thereafter and da da da. Well, like as soon as I got into phase two, which was after my 45 days, like all this stuff happened. Like I got in trouble. Like I was keeping a secret. I almost got kicked out. Um, wow. What was that like? Was that scary? Like, oh, that was, I thought my life was over. Yeah. I thought, but then when I was like waiting, um, they made me sit downstairs in the intake room by myself for what seemed like forever. And I've been, I was just bawling, bawling. And, but what I was thinking about was like, well, where can I go? And I don't have to drink and hopefully they'll let me come back. Like that, those are just the three things that I just remember thinking, like, I can't go back home. Where am I going to live? You know, hopefully I can come back if I don't drink. Wow. So it shows how much your priority or just your thought process about your disease has changed from Mm -hmm. when like that first detox trip that you're talking about, like, oh, I'll just leave. And yeah. And, then and everything will be fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now, like, you, you're you're really scared about having to leave, right. and you're like planning, like, okay, is there any place I can? If I do have to leave, are there any place I can go where I don't I won't drink, and right. so I can come? Wow. Yeah. So so you're down there, and you're you know pins and needles, and they're discussing what and what happens. Well, um, so they came in, and the other um, girl who was my best friend, um, she ended up leaving and they told me that because I had told the truth, like I had gotten honest, um, that they were going to let me stay. And so that was just like a, I was, I was devastated because of my best friend, um, heartbroken, you know, and I was so worried about her being mad at me (laughs) too. Mm -hmm. You know, I still have that. Mm -hmm. But then at this, on the other hand, like, I felt just so relieved and so grateful and so thankful that I was going to get to stay and like that I didn't have to figure out where I was going to go and what I was going to do and how I was going to not drink. Like I didn't have to, I didn't have to worry about that anymore. Like that day. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. So you, I'm sorry, were you going to say something? No, I was just going to say it was big. Like, I mean, I, it's still like, is really crazy that, that happened, you know, that I almost like, again, ruined something Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was going so well, you know? And yeah, I can feel it. Like just you telling me about it. I wasn't even there for it, but like, Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. that's scary. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And so you, and you said that was shortly after when, or that was right around when you went to phase two. Yeah. That was like right before phase two. Okay. And then, um, because we were talking about you getting a job. Mm-hmm. So was there something else that happened too? Well, yeah. I mean, that's then the secrets meeting happened mm. and then the um, family week happened um, in How between that, there. Family the week was awesome. I, I wish I wish that I could have done it twice. <laughs> wow. Um, I mean, it, now, don't get me. It was hard, but <laughs> it... Um, I just think that, I mean, cause still up until that point, my family did not understand what the disease was. And I was learning all this stuff about what the disease is and like trying to figure out, you know, why, when I wanted to stop drinking so bad, I couldn't when it, you know, when I felt like I wasn't deciding that for myself and all these things. And so it was just great for them to be able to experience some of that too, um, because, I mean, it's a family disease, 
It's not it's not like they are just, you know, pure as snow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm the bad, you know, the bad girl of the, you know, um so it just it was it was good to be able well for I feel like for them to learn things about the disease and and what I was learning. Um, and then also, you know, in the impact group to for them to be able to say what they needed to to me. So um, describe that too for people. Um, well, so like impact group during family week is where um so like my dad and my sister came. And so they basically stood up in front of the room of people that was participating. We were all sitting in a circle and um came over to me and said, um, you know, your disease has impacted me by and then they then they would start talking about like basically the things that I had done to them or or how I had made them feel. Um and I will never forget my dad did it first. Um he came over and stood in front of me and the first thing that he said was that I had broken his heart and he just lost it. And I mean, it broke my heart. Because I knew that he was upset, and I knew that he blamed himself and, you know, all these things. But, I mean, that's just hearing, you know, like he's standing in front of me, and he says that. And, and I mean, I don't think there was, like, a dry eye in the whole room. <laughs> like, it was intense. But it needed to be said. Like, and he's not a very – he doesn't talk about how he feels, you know. He's a man's man. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> So for him to say that in front of a room full of people, mm-hmm. that's big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it was definitely. It was really hard. It was really, really upsetting and sad. But you know, I probably wouldn't say during all of that happening that I would want to do it twice. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but afterwards, you know, just. I don't know. I mean, I'm lucky anyway because I never got to the point where, like, my family wouldn't speak to me or they kicked me out or, you know, they were still being supportive and and being there for me and talking to me and stuff like that. But I feel like after that week, um, things just got, like, clearer as far as our communication. And then I could just, like, tell them things without being so worried that I would disappoint them. Or upset them because that's the last thing that I want to do. Right. Right. And yeah, it must have been really healing to mm-hmm. be able to talk honestly. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah, it really was. We'll get back to my talk with Lindsay shortly. We just want to take a second to let you all know about a feature where you can receive text updates to your phone to let you know when we put out a new article or podcast. All you have to do is go to our website at marinc.org, go to the top of the page to the contact tab, and then scroll down to text updates, enter your information, and every time we put out a new article or podcast, you'll receive a text right to your phone to let you know. Here's the rest of my talk with Lindsay. It's I'm, I'm really enjoying this too because it's kind of going through, there's all these big moments, mm-hmm. you know, like these big hurdles that kind of everybody there's variations of it but but and certain things were un, unique to your story like the the secrets meeting and all that but right. but then there's just the, these things that everybody has to go through like family week and right. finding a job finding and, a job yeah so wait was there something else before <clears throat> finding a job that 
because um, I keep inter- you keep going down the list, and I'm like, wait, wait, wait tell me about that. <laughs> no, I mean a lot of a lot happened, yeah, so right. it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I definitely didn't. I was not bored. There yeah, was no, right. you know, it was like no, there was no boring, <laughs> like just you know doing the the steps, and then that was it. It was yeah. always something happening. Yeah, right. Um, but no, I think it was just the. Almost getting kicked out, and then family week, and then the secrets meeting in Round Robin, and then I think I finally got back to where they would let me do phase two and look for a job. And I think at that point, I only had like, I don't know, like two or like maybe a month until I was supposed to discharge. And, um, so I started, you know, trying applying for jobs and, you know, doing all that. And like, I just was, I wasn't even getting interviews. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I had to deal with that because it brought up a lot of feelings from, you know, being fired from my dream job and having that career, you know, and me just like throwing that career away. Um, and so, it, you know, I went through a lot of different emotions with like trying to find a job and, you know, going, trying to find something that like I'm more suited for versus just finding a recovery job, like just so mm-hmm. I can get a job and like learn how to be back in the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, at the very end, like I still hadn't found anything. And I just, re- it's like all I was talking about. Like I just, re- I mean, I'm sure my community at that point, whoever they were, <laughs> was just so <laughs> tired of me because it's like all that I was talking about because. I was so worried that I wasn't going to be able to get a job and I wasn't going to get to go to three quarters, um, which is crazy because when I first came uh, to Mar, I was like, I'm not going to three quarters. You know, I'm doing 90 days and I'm going back to Griffin. Yeah, right. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, but the, you know, by that time, by December, I guess it was, pr- it was pr- December of 2017, I was like desperately wanting to get into three quarters mm-hmm. and I knew it wasn't a given. Like I knew you had to be invited. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, one of the things like Courtney, who is the RM for three quarters, you know, she was, she, t- I remember that, you know, distinctly in an aftercare group, she was like, the door is closing on you. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> what am I going to do? You know, that's another scary moment mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. Yeah. And I and I had like asked like three different. I'd asked Courtney, my counselor, Talitha, and then um, the uh, my residential manager for halfway at that point. All, I had asked all of them if I could stay in halfway longer, like at least through Christmas, um, and they had all said no. Um, but then it was like at the last minute, I got a job. Like just all of a sudden. Um, I mean, I went. I mean, I went for like two, three interviews for this job, um, and in retail, I'd never worked in retail before. Mm-hmm. It, it was so scary because I didn't yeah. know, you know, what what that was going to involve at the mall. Never worked at a mall before, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, just right. like I've always had office jobs, so definitely out of my comfort zone. But I was just so blessed and just. So relieved. I mean, just I know I keep saying relieved, but that's yeah a major feeling, you know, during that was just that I had a job. Now I just had to get invited to three quarters, you know. And I just remember when they when I went up for tribal council for the uh 
you know, my discharge review or whatever. Is that what you call it? Tribal council? That's what I call it. (laughs) (laughs) I started calling it that Uh like when I, when I got grilled for the, when I almost got kicked out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) cause it's like all of them sitting Uh around a table and you are at the head of the table. It's just like, it's like tribal council. (laughs) Yeah. Intimidating. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, you know, basically Courtney made me think that I wasn't going to get invited to three quarters. And then like at the end of me, like, you know, trying to argue my case or whatever, um, she told me that I was invited. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then not only did I get invited to three quarters, but then Kaylee told me that she didn't even know that I had asked them if I could stay in halfway through Christmas, that she had just decided that she wanted me to stay in halfway through Christmas. Oh, wow. And so then I just got that. Like, yeah. like I had no idea. I figured they would have said something to her, but they yeah. didn't. And so she just let me stay. Like, she had decided that that's what I needed, like, at that point in time. Wow. Relief. Mm, so much. I was so glad. Wow. Yeah. I was so glad. So you're working at, uh, at the mall, uh-huh. at the store, and you're – now you – you in so beginning of the year like January you moved in three quarters yeah at the okay. end well actually it was um it was right after Christmas so it was December December the twenty eighth okay gotcha seventeen okay and so what's that transition like because I know there's a lot there's some you know sadness and mm-hmm. grief around that like mm-hmm. moving from halfway to three quarters how's that for you it was really hard for me um. I had become attached, like really, really attached. And just knowing that I wasn't going to live with all the same people, um, be you know, really be able to talk to them much because we weren't going to, um, you know, have the same schedule or anything anymore. Like uh, it, I, it, it was really, the transition was really, really hard for me. I, I didn't, I don't, I did not succeed at the transition. Mm-hmm. What do you mean you didn't succeed? Um, well, like I just got, I got really depressed mm-hmm. and I got really down and um, it was, I felt really alone when I first moved over there. Um, and at the same time though, I wasn't doing everything that I could have done to, um, you know, make the new relationships with the girls that were already living there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was, you know, I was isolating some and uh, just really um, not, you know, not talking honestly about my feelings because I was, you know, just worried they wouldn't understand. Um, But I was being emotionally dishonest with them and – you know, it, it took it took a while for me to, like, come out of that feeling of just being so lonely and, like, they didn't care about me. Um, but I had to I had to do the work like, you know, they couldn't just change or or say something different to me. Like I had to actually, like, pick up the tools and, like, do the work to get myself out of that place. Mm. And so eventually I did when, you know, when, I guess when the pain got great enough. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's usually what it takes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, so then you, <clears throat> how long did you end up staying in three quarters? Um, I was in three quarters for a year. Okay. So I was, so I was total at Mar for 
let's see, like 18 months. Okay. No, 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 15, 15. Yeah. Yeah, Okay. 15 months. Yeah. So I was in three and it's crazy because I was in, I moved into three quarters on December 28th, 2017. And I moved out of three quarters on December 28th, 2018. Wow. So it was a year to the day. Wow. Wow. Um, And then how was that transition from three quarters, like being a MAR client to no longer being a MAR client? Um, Again, really hard. (laughs) (laughs) I um I actually I did not put my 30 day notice in. They issued me my 30 day notice. <laughs> <laughs> um because I mean we had been I'd been talking with my therapist for a while and my sponsor about moving out for months. I mean my, I knew that I was ready. Yeah. Um I just didn't want to I just didn't want to go. Yeah. Like I just didn't want to take the step. Um a lot of stuff had happened um, that had devastated me over, like, where I was going to move out to. And so I just was comfortable there. And I I was scared to be on my own. And, um, you know, the people that I thought were that I was going to be with, you know, were no longer. So it really, I really did feel very like alone and like I was going to have to like handle it on my own again, which is not true. I mean, you know, that's not true, but that's, that's how I felt at the time. Um, So they, they, they made me, you know, leave Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I mean, for good reason, they, you know, like Talitha told me in one therapy session, she said, you know, it's like, if you work out all the time and then you just stop working out, like your muscles are going to get weak again. Mm. And so she was like, you know, you're basically like you've done all this work and like worked on all these different things. But now it's kind of like you're just like coasting and like that stuff that you've learned is is going to get weaker like the longer you stay here. Mm-hmm. So it does come to it, which is crazy because you don't think it would, but it really does come to a point where like in everybody's journey, it's different, of course, but there does come a point for everybody where you've gotten as much as you need to yeah, and it, and you have to keep moving forward. Yeah. Like if there aren't any more challenges then you're not going to keep, mm-hmm. keep growing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so I moved out, you know, when they, and they said I had to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, I mean, again, though, like it was really hard for me to adjust. Um, again, I felt like um, I had kind of lost, you know, the community and like um, just even though I was I had a strong foundation in AA at that point. Um, I mean, I had a home group, like I had mm-hmm. a service position Um I had a big network as far as like outside of Mar, but I was still um, just trying to be so dependent on that net, that Mar network. And, you know, um, nobody can live up to our expectations. Mm. (laughs) So, you know, I, so I went through, I went through it again. I went through pain again and I went through hurt and loneliness and, um, you know, heartbreak, all those same feelings, just like, you know, different time, different situation. Yeah. And you, but you got through it. I did. And you didn't drink. I did not drink. No, I did. I almost shaved my head. 
<laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> but I um but I didn't do that either. <laughs> um no, I came I I definitely tested the limits though. Like I I didn't go to a meeting for six days. And I mean, I don't know, to some people I guess six days is not a long time, but I had been going to at least one meeting, sometimes two meetings every day for over a year and not going for six days. It just, you know, it was, it was not smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, I, um, I was just living in my self pity Mm -hmm. and living in the victim mode again. But like I, my sponsor tells me like, even though I do still like act on those character defects, each time it happens, it's less than the time before. Right. So like me, I want it just to stop. You know, I want it, I want to stop acting like that. I want to stop feeling those things. I want, you know, people to stop treating me this way and that way and all this stuff. But like, I have to go through what I have to go through in order to get to the other side Mm -hmm. and realize that like my higher power has different plans than what I can plan. Wow. It's like such a, you did such a great job of walking us through that journey from like, and, and what, one of the things that just struck me is like how much you didn't want to go to Mar mm-hmm. and then how hard it was for you to leave <laughs> yes. or even just not even leave at some points, but just to taper down right. in terms of your exposure, mm-hmm. your connection to like going from halfway to three quarters. Right. And, um, it's a, uh, yeah, it's, it's and it and also what I really got from your story too is like how it, this thing is just life. It's just there's always changes always. and I things to adjust to. Yes, which sucks because mm-hmm. I don't like the unknown. Yeah, like I don't like change. Yeah, I don't want to feel uncomfortable. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but that's what we. I mean, that's what I have learned. Well, I mean, I've learned a lot. But like one of the things is that like if I'm not uncomfortable, I'm not growing. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, my sponsor tells me that. Talitha used to tell me that. Um, and and it hurts to grow sometimes. And, um, you know, I always, like, you know, I think I make a friend and we become so close and we just have this bond and, like, nothing can separate that. But that's not that's not life. You know, that's not the case in, in a lot of situations. And um, I think that, you know, that Mar has like really helped me, especially with that, with, when I say with that, I mean like with life, it's not, it wasn't just about like how to not drink. Right. Like it, you know, it was like, how, how do I like live and not be miserable Mm -hmm. um, with or without drinking, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask you. Um, Maybe I think you kind of just answered it a little bit, but like, what does, what did Mar provide because you know there's the 12 step fellowship mm-hmm. and and that and what that provides but what would you say to people that were like who might say because i used to hear this a lot when mm-hmm. i was in admissions like well i'll just go to 12 step meetings then right. we don't, i don't why would i need to go live a place and and sometimes that works for people so but what for from your own experience what did the structure of mar provide for you in terms of that that was helpful um well, so much. I mean, from the basics, like getting up in the morning and making my up my bed and like showering and getting ready. I mean, because like at the end, I did not care if I showered, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like 
I was barely alive, I feel like. Um, so, I mean, so basics like that, like just from how to like keep a house neat, you know, cleaning, um, cooking, like making dinner and, um, you know, having meals together, um, doing assignments on time, you know, like meeting deadlines, like you need that in work, you mm-hmm. need that in life. Um, I mean, even you know, all the way up until just like how to deal with certain social situations um, without feeling like I'm going to die or without feeling like I've got a drink, Um, you know, and that's even good social. I mean, you know, even, you know, being elated, you know, I drank to celebrate too. Mm -hmm. I didn't just drink because I was upset or sad. So it's just like how to deal with emotions, how to recognize what emotions you're feeling. Um, and know that, like, it's okay to feel whatever I feel, um, but that feelings are not facts. So just because I feel, you know, lonely or rejected or inadequate or whatever like that, like, it's valid that I feel that way, but it doesn't mean that that's really what's going on. Um, you know, I think a lot for me was, um, you know, we have shame group. And, I mean, I felt a lot of shame around, um, you know, just, like, how my disease was when my mom was still alive, um, you know, through her last days um, with work, you know, that whole situation. And so just learning what shame was and that, like, just because I did bad things and doesn't mean that I'm a bad person. Um you know, and and that doesn't define like who I am, and I don't have to live with that because basically, I think what they tried to teach, I mean, me was I, I got a lot is that I am worthy, like I am worthy of love, like I'm worthy of attention, like I'm worthy of you know good things in life, and I mean, it takes work. You can't just sit back and expect everything to come to you or to, you know, stop going to meetings and you're still going to stay sober. Like, you know, just those are different examples. But I don't know. I mean, I could go on and on. Yeah, no, this is great (laughs) stuff. I could really go on and on. I mean, I I love it. I love Mar. I mean, I just – it's so weird how I think about it now then. Because, I mean, I can still remember how I thought about it before. (laughs) (laughs) Which was? Which was like, what? Why am I going to have to live with like a group of women that I don't know? Mm -hmm. And like what? They're going to teach us how to grocery shop? Like I know how to grocery shop. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just just stuff like that. Um, You know, not just it's just so crazy. Everything that you learn and really how much therapy you get from the community. Mm. And I mean, I know why they call it a therapeutic community. Right. Cause it, it's like a little microcosm of like the real world and things that you go through with people in there, you're going to face at some point in the outside world. Right. And, and it's like, you get the opportunity to practice it in this kind of safe mm-hmm. environment. Yeah where the stakes are kind of lower with grocery shopping right. or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or like, who, you know, who ate the last cheese stick. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you still practice all the same skills mm-hmm. of being honest and mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah. So what if you had one thing that you could pass on to someone who's listening, what would it be? Oh, my gosh. Just one? <laughs> it could be more than one. <laughs> um, yeah, what, what are some like, things that you would pass on to people? I think that... That just that you're like you deserve to be sober, like you deserve to live a sober life. Um, it's not always going to be happy, and it's not always going to be sad, but it's going to be sober, and that's the best thing because, I mean, it's just it's miserable otherwise. And you know, if you haven't gotten to the miserable point yet, then you're not ready. But, I mean, I just would say, like, just don't give up. Like, don't think that, like, nobody cares because, like, these people care and your community will care about you. Your community will love you if you even until, you know, you can love yourself. And you just learn so much more about um, life and and specifically life for a woman. I mean, you know, because I don't think it would be the same if it was guys and girls together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just something like magical about it. Just being women, and like don't give up and and think that like you're a lost cause because um, you know as long as you have an ounce of willingness, like just an ounce of even just to like willing to listen to what people tell you and just do what people tell you for. 90 days, you know, it, miracles happen. Like, I mean, it'll happen. And even if you don't want it, because I didn't want it at first. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. That's great. Yeah. Miracles will happen even if you don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All you have to do is show up and do the that, stuff. Yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, now, granted, you have to, you know, you can't hold on to your self-will. Like there are yeah. some things that you have to try to surrender. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have any kind of like inkling that you don't want to drink or use for the rest of your life or die that way, then then you can get you can get it. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay. This was such a pleasure. You're so, welcome. Yeah, you I, are so welcome. I really enjoyed it. Thank you for having you. me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Mar Experience Stories of Recovery. I'm Matt Shedd. Our show is co-produced by Angela Edmonds and our executive producer is David Tate. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time.